How you doing, brother? Great oh, to talk to you again. Pretty good, pretty good, man. Just you know, it's Friday before Memorial Day weekend, and oh um, shit, just living it up, man. Just like really want to relax this weekend, but but we're having database issues at work. Oh, that sounds like nerd problems. Yeah, I'm gonna have to be on a little bit here and there, but I think we're mm. gonna take care of it. But who knows? It could be a long ass weekend. I'm not sure. This is just part of the job. Yeah, I imagine you guys like extra busy on holiday weekends because online shopping spikes or or not so much. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, it it, get, it can get intense during uh, holiday seasons, Black Friday, or Memorial Day here. Kind of, I uh-huh. mean, not too much, but there are a lot of promos running, and we lose a lot of money if we're down. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine, and that's all on you, dude. If it goes down, they're just like, hey, Derek, what the fuck? Luckily, no. It is oh. on multitudes of people. So Ooh, uh, I, I'm one of the ones that can help fix it when it does go down, but I'm not u- the usual maintainer of the database being up. All right. Well, that's kind of nice not to have like solo pressure for the entire online store's functionality. You'd be like, oh, I, I don't know. It's probably Jim's fault. I don't know why it doesn't work. Talk to Jim. Yeah. No, it's, it, it is... Uh, less pressure and there are some people that are a little bit more on the hook you're right and those are uh high they're very high pressure jobs and is his name jim no it's not jim it's joe oh uh, uh, oh wait, i was pretty close yeah joe and alex actually Three letters I, I gotta, start with I gotta put alex yeah. in there too they're the men there they're the ones that uh, ensure oh, the stability okay. of that server so sounds like alex is secondary though he doesn't really merit first thought you kind of had to be like ah, i guess i should include alex so he's he's definitely sub joe no uh it was more of an onomatopoeia thing because you called him uh you called him john i think and i jim or jim and i just went with the other j and you know what onomatopoeia means right i I don't know it's a very fancy word for two words having the same first letter and you saying them back to back oh yeah wow onomatopoeia man that is your word of the day all right yeah, it takes longer to say that word than it did to say the to say the two words that that created the onomatopoeia. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? Really, onomatopoeia is <laughs> just a fancy word that you just want to say all the time, like just to sound fancy. I mean, there's really no reason. It sounds for like it. something we took from the Indians. What did that mean, like in, in Apache or whatever it, it originated as? I would say it's probably something way more substantial than two words that start with the same letter. Because I'm I mean, sure that's a lot of syllables, you know, on a, on a monopoe, I guess it's not too many, but it's three. I don't want to say a three words uh, that has three no. syllable word. No, no, that's uh, that's syllable rich, especially yeah. effort poor, especially on a weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Like this is you're not supposed to say three syllable words on a Memorial no, Day weekend. No, <laughs> it's like you're <laughs> yeah. that guy at the barbecue. Like, hey, guys, anybody got the onomatopoeia? And everyone else is just going to be like, dude, dude, holiday weekend, bro. Dial it back. You need a beer. You need a beer. You need another beer. Yeah. And then you'll be slurring your way through. I'm on the pee. I got to pee. Yeah. 
How Man. You? Hey, you know what I noticed? Our first episode, which was incredibly awesome and super professional and totally polished. Love it. Uh, we never even, like, introduced ourselves. We just started talking. Assuming anyone who may listen to it uh, would just know who we are. Well, in our defense, everybody's on the internet all over the place. You're not, though. You're not. I'm uh, not. I used to be. I'm I sure there are traces too. of my online footprint, but yeah. they're they're fading tracks. They're elusive. It's a smart thing to do. You're like one of those rare people that didn't just go out there and have diarrhea of the mouth all over the place and just say, hey, everybody, here's my thoughts, internet. <laughs> As if out. anyone gives yeah. a shit. Yeah. Just pissing into the wind. So how do you want to do these introductions? Is this like just a first name basis? Are we going to talk first names, last names? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you, you can. My, my, my last name's Kazi. My first name's Mike. Uh, you don't have to call me Mike Kazi, though. Unless you want to, Mister Mike or Mister Kazi or 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 uh, His Royal Highness, any of those are good. Whatever, whatever you like. Or uh, clumsy, you can use that too. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's a painful I, remnant of my childhood. I know. I, I brought. I brought. I had to bring back. Just you're, uh, you're flying too high there, man. I had to just. I had to Man. bring it down a little bit there. And just Sometimes like... it's good to have friends you've known for your entire <laughs> life, and other times, not so much. Yeah. I... <laughs> I'm yearning for those friends I've only known for like a year and a half. We've got a very, a very shallow knowledge of each other, and uh, unfortunately, I've known you too long. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to bring that up. Um, <laughs> my name is Derek Dieter, and I don't know what they may... That may sound to you, but um, it's not D-E-E-T-E-R. And the Derek is spelled with one R, the cool way, and two E's to keep it balanced. But Dieter is spelled like as if you went on a diet and you're a dieter. You're a dieter. Yeah. Are you a dieter? I'm not. No? Have no. you ever tried diets? Um. Yeah, I have. I have, have you ever cared? You've never really been fat or skinny or, I don't know. Do you worry about your weight or think about that? I don't think you do, but I don't know. I do a little bit, yeah. There's a certain <laughs> point where if my belly gets too big, I'm just like, this is not acceptable. And Are you one of those where you're just like, man, I should do something about this, but but like really don't do anything different? Or do you actually like consciously uh, eat different for a certain amount of time? Well, that the first part does happen, right? I mean, yeah, I do just bitch at myself and get mad at myself sometimes and say, man, fat boy, you know, but, um, at a certain point, I don't know something just kicks in on me and I'm just like, you know, this can't be like this. Uh, and let's be honest, what it mostly revolves around is just, uh, stop drinking IPAs or, you yeah, know, the heavy duty beer. Yeah. yeah. Start drinking some Michelob Ultras and, uh, that, that problem solves itself. Yeah. You know, don't eat a box of cheese nips a night. And don't drink a six pack of beer every night. That's that's always done it for me. So yeah, I just that small uh, correction in excessive behavior. Yeah, uh, is really all it takes. Yeah, I'm one of the lucky ones. I mean, that I just guess. means that you probably eat pretty well in general. Then maybe you just get into bad habits where you're drinking too much craft beer, uh, and then you see a difference. Yeah, and then that's an easy thing to correct. Like, ah, I probably been drinking too much craft beer. Yeah, I guess I do that. I I probably do drink. Um, I don't know so much if I eat healthy. I guess I kind of ish do just because Megan is so health conscious that 
that kind of rubs off on you. You don't really have a choice. But mm. um, yeah, it just it just kind of falls in line with me. But like for you, are you still on keto? No, no, not not for a long time. I did keto for ten months, and uh, that shit really worked for me, dude. I uh, I lost a total of like fifty pounds or 52 pounds or just over 50 pounds uh i think i got too skinny like i do everything uh like to the extreme and i got too intense with it where i was just really eliminating carbs like entirely and it was a fun experiment is really the way i looked at it i was never concerned about really needing to lose weight or like freaked out about whatever i was never all up in my head about it i was just really into the practice of hey can i do this and how do i track it how do i measure my level of ketosis and how how good at this can I be? And when I'm in that mindset, really with anything, I just become obsessive about it. And I can I can just hold myself to any level of accountability on it. So I literally uh, eliminated carbs from my diet totally. It's weird what I ate, too, and lost that much weight. I, I mean, I was eating like shit, dude. I would eat nothing but fucking sticks of salami and cheese and all kinds of super high fatty salty shit just crap food just no carbs yeah so even things like pork rinds and shit like that was like oh this is diet food like that's a weird diet when pork rinds are diet food um but that's how i ate and i just stuck to it like like a religion and did it for 10 months and and uh lost a ton of weight super fast uh i mean really and that 50 pounds was lost in the first five or six months and then then I started experimenting with different kinds of carbs, and then I stopped losing weight so quickly because I didn't really have that much more weight to lose so quickly. Uh, I got down to like 160 pounds or something, and uh, I started kind of experimenting with bringing in different types of carbs like fruit, you know, or fruit yeah. carbs any different than fucking sugar carbs, which they're really not. Carb is a carb. Uh-huh. Um, I guess some are more complex or whatever, and you can probably get super nerdy about all that and – and uh, um, I never took it to that extreme, but well, they um, have more fiber. Some of them are composed of more. Yeah, fiber. so then there's that, but that's an entirely different category. So it's like, yeah, fiber is good, but it doesn't change that it has carbs in it. Yeah. Um, but your body does process uh, those sorts of carbs differently. I think if you were to eat like wheat bread carbs versus uh, fucking gummy bears, um, your body is going to react to gummy bears a little worse than the yeah. wheat bread. You know? You're going to get a higher insulin spike probably because it's all gonna that shit shoot yeah. right through your, your you're going to have a yeah your body's going to be like oh man I got to combat this real fast whereas yeah. like uh, wheat bread has some fiber in it so it's going to take a little bit of time to dissipate and your body will more naturally be able to handle it through its insulin yeah so and, and certain people are more insulin sensitive than others and and all that was kind of a fun experiment to see how I react to certain things and. It was a fun experiment, but after 10 months, dude, I was just done with it. I was I was thin as I wanted to be or maybe even too thin, and I was tired of it. So I just stopped, but I kept eating really well. So I'd eat a lot of, like, just chicken breast and things that I, I, I really enjoy eating that way. I mean, after I stopped eating crap, uh, I, I, I missed it, and then as soon as I went out and ate, like, a shitty cheeseburger or something, like, I just felt terrible. So I didn't want it anymore. Um so I still eat really well, but I'll eat whatever I want. Like if I feel like pizza, we'll just order pizza and I'll eat a bunch of pizza. And then I'll feel like shit and I won't feel like eating pizza again for a while. 
Um, but for the most part, Sarah's always cooked clean, so it's easy to eat clean at home. Now when I'm going to restaurants, I'm eating pretty clean choices for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so I put some weight back on, but I'm trying to work out too, so I think some of that's muscle, but I'm sure some of it's fat. and I don't know. I'm less intense about it now, especially it's harder with the little kids at home. Uh, but yeah, I remember I kept the weight you, off for the most part. I remember when you came over. Remember when you came over and you were on uh, the keto diet and you. Oh, had, that was that was when I was inflexible with keto. Like I, I even on a fun event, seeing a great friend I haven't seen in a long time, like I still have to adhere to my keto nonsense. Well, that might have been the first time, but I think you came over one more time, maybe, and you had. Uh, we ordered a pizza. You're like, that hey, dude, my let's first, order a pizza. That was my first carb meal in months yeah. at that time. <laughs> I hadn't had a beer. I hadn't had a carb in months, like probably a lot of months. You know, your body was like, okay. And I wasn't even planning on it. I was like, I'll drink Michelob Ultra because I, I, I would drink those. Those have hardly no carbs, and, and it was fine to drink. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be fine to drink five or ten Michelob Ultras and, and still stay within my my strict carb ratio. Uh so that was fine, but after more than I was used to with you, I got pretty fucking hammered, and then we uh, smoked a bunch, and that was a long time for me. I hadn't smoked in a long time, so I got super shitty. Oh, that's threw right. Up. Oh, Remember, we were, we were so shotgunning funny. beers, and no, I threw I, up. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, right. I got fucked up. I'm I don't remember probably what you're going to say. I'm not laughing at that part, but I I remember you were so funny because when you were leaving, you were so stoned. And <laughs> and you went up to Megan and you're like, bye, I'm Mike, or something, something like that. That's so <laughs> not really? you. Yeah, it's so not you. I got to ask her what you did. Oh, my God. But you're like, That's great. Bye. You're like, bye, I'll see you. Uh, have a nice drive home or something. You did something that was like, hey, you're the guys are the ones driving home. It was, like, it was hilarious, yeah. man. Yeah, you were oh, like man. super stoned. It was so funny. But oh, dude, I was I was hammered, bro. Which I never used to get that way. I could smoke and drink indefinitely, and uh, uh, my tolerance was just gone at that point. Yeah, you know, I did keto too for like maybe ten months too or so. Yeah, it was quite quite a while. I lost about thirty pounds. Did the same okay. thing. You know, just meat. Bacon, a lot yeah, of, eggs, of meat. eggs, 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 yep. eggs, eggs, deviled eggs, just, uh, um, what was it? Cauliflower bread. Um, yep. you know, make, try to make that yourself. Yuck. Um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, what was it? Spinach, a lot of spinach meat, of course, whatever meat you wanted to eat. Yeah. Strawberries were a treat, You but you got to yep. eat a couple of them. Those and blueberries. And yeah, strawberries and blueberries were the only treat because they're the lowest carb fruit. So it's like, okay, I'll eat fruit, but only strawberries and blueberries. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. the chia seed, um, the chia seeds. Do you ever do the chia seed ch uh, shake? No. That, uh -uh. that was a treat. You could do that. And then what were those? They had the alcoholic, um, sweeteners. You, you know, the ones that, uh, they're like, they look like a bottle of liquor. It's about, I don't know, like a one and a 1.5 liter bottle. Maybe you've never had it. The, hmm. yeah, uh, it didn't sound familiar. Yeah, you pour those. They're sugar-free and um, so good. And they actually do taste sweet. So you put that in a shake and bam, it was so good. But um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> that's funny. You sound like you were just as strict and annoying with keto as I was. I absolutely was. I, I When I went to the Zen Center and I one time I said, hey, can you serve me this food? <laughs> they started not liking that. I'm like, okay, I get it. I was kind of <laughs> being a little bit too, uh, I'll just skip 
breakfast and I'll eat on my own. And I, what I ate was just like cold eggs at that point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd bring yeah. like cans of tuna with me to work or something and just eat a can of tuna with a fork. Yeah. 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 Tuna thing. Definitely a lot of tuna. Oh man. Tuna that was, was, that was a, a good one. Yeah. That was true. Of course you couldn't eat. Too You're like, much I won't tuna. eat a carb, but I will eat mercury. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was dude. And, and, uh, it was a fun experiment and I would yeah. recommend it to anybody as an experiment, but there's no way it's a, it's a lifestyle for me. At least I could never just live a keto diet forever. No. Um, yeah. I think it does help you though. I, I think because yeah. I saw a, a video recently and it was this lady who has been on keto for quite some time. And I want to say like over five years and they took an MRI of her body. And as they were going through her body, they like looked at her liver and the, the, the MRI doctor who looks at these things all day was like, you look like a 16 year old girl with, uh, how much fat you have on all your organs, you know? And, uh, wow. Yeah. Was he just being creepy or was he just being like doctorly? Yeah, he was being doctorly, but who knows? Maybe they can like stack that. He's all, Hey, you look like a 16 year old girl. You look like a 16 year old girl. Of course I'm saying that because you have a little bit of fat on your your organs <laughs> dude that reminds me of um oh god dude uh what's that arnold schwarzenegger movie uh with jamie lee curtis and oh god damn it unfrozen caveman lawyer it's, uh, oh yeah 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 that's the one <laughs> that's that a great movie yeah. i love that one jamie uh, lee dude curtis i gotta look it up i can't just bring up something oh, and not remember the name terminator not, no, she wasn't in Terminator. Oh, I, no. I, I don't know actors at all or actresses or whatever. Arnold. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis is um, trying to picture her face. Oh, I think I saw her. Yeah, I did really? see her. I saw her on in Hollywood. That's right. Oh, she's, true lies. You oh, saw no. her in, in Hollywood just randomly or like what, at a restaurant? Wait, it may not be Jamie Lee Curtis. Let me look at a picture of her. Well, here, while you're doing that, I'll, I'll say what sparked my thought, which is totally unrelated to the uh, dieting and, and creepy 16-year-old girl comment from the doctor, uh-huh. was uh, when he said, oh, hey, you know, you, you look like a 16-year-old girl, is the the bad guy in that movie, True Lies, is uh, riding around with Arnold Schwarzenegger in a car, and Arnold suspects this guy of, of doing his wife. And he's pretending to be someone else. So the guy thinks Arnold's cool, but Arnold's really just like, hey, I'm going to fuck you up. But, you know, I'm, I'm being undercover for now. Yeah. And the guy is talking about his wife to him, not knowing that it's Arnold's wife. He's just talking about how hot she is and all this. And Arnold's just listening to this guy talk about how hot his wife is. And uh, the guy says the weirdest comment, dude, that I I, I can't wrap my mind around. And I, the, the guy says, uh, oh, yeah, she's so hot, this and that. And he goes, yeah, ass like a 10-year-old boy. Ooh. As like a good thing to talk about a chick. And he says that and it's like, what the fuck? Ask like a 10-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah, I think... Uh, that's that's appealing to you? And, yeah. Uh, what? Right. Okay, so then, then my thought is, is the actor didn't make that up. That was written in a writer's room. What yeah. fucking writer wrote that? And then... I think it's self-explanatory. Well, but then, okay, so some creepy fucker wrote that. Yeah. But that has to go through other people's approval process, right? I mean, there's a whole lot of people that work on a feature film like that. I think all that's so probably else, self-explanatory, too. They're all... 
but shit, man. Yeah. I mean, even if you have to pretend not to be a creepy pedophile, uh, just so... Who would let that go through and make it into the final cut where it's just like, hey, that line about ass like a 10-year-old boy, like, eh, maybe we'll edit that one out. That, that one's... That's... that's it's Der- creepy, Frank. Okay. Derek's Conspiracy Corner is coming oh. in here. All right. Uh, it's made an appearance. Um, the ship has docked. So... There are conspiracies that all of Hollywood is has pedo kind of uh, ties to it and kind That's of deep the, pedo ties. Uh, QAnon thing, isn't it? Q, it's coming out through QAnon, yeah. But I mean, it's been out there far beyond uh, be, before QAnon was even a thing. Um, you have uh, <clears throat> who's that? Uh, Who's that one actor that was in the Burbs? The funny guy. Tom Hanks. No, no, he's one of the offenders. They always mention uh, whether it's true or not. I have no idea. Uh, the kid, the kid that was in that movie, the funny one. Hmm. He has come out and massive Corey Feldman. Feldman, right? Okay. He's come out and in a huge way and has talked openly about the pedophilia that he faced as a child in Hollywood. And he says, one of his quotes was pedophilia has been and always will be Hollywood's major issue to paraphrase what he said. And you could find, you could find him saying that and he's an insider in Hollywood. So who am I to tell him he's wrong? Well, yeah. Uh, but okay, so consider this scenario. Like, I'm sure a lot of young kids and women included have been uh, uh, disrespected or treated wrong or or uh, me tooed in Hollywood. But does that make it like an overall inherent part of Hollywood, or did he just have a bad experience with a bad person? No, there. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, but supposedly. It infects the upper, upper, upper echelons of Hollywood, like the uh-huh. highest echelons of Hollywood. And yeah. if you want to be somebody in there, you got to be part of the club. And to be part of the club, you got to like, hey, Ricky Schroeder, you yeah. want your own show? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. Creepy. You know, yeah, mm. it is. It is. Uh, the implications are kind of creepy. Um, but. Yeah, that, but then that that's kind of like the similar for even like so so women, adult women, not just kids, uh, have millions of stories like that of trying to make it into the acting world and that sort of thing, and and having some moment where it was like, hey, you want to make it to the next level or you want to get in this film, uh, absolutely, watch me beat off or whatever these fucking weird uh, guys are doing, you know? Oh yeah, you know they just do whatever they want. Hey. I mean, do you want to be in this film or not? You know, I'm yeah, because sh- there's a whole freaking laundry list of other women who do. So uh, here's your shot. Absolutely, you know that's the case. Yeah, but and- that's not even just a Hollywood thing, right? I mean, that's just uh, male domination of our society sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. I think you know, you know um, corporate, whatever, whatever keys to the kingdom men hold, they can wield those keys in any way they want. And yeah. so many people are are yeah. shitheads that. The key is wielded in a bad way a lot of times. Yeah, no, no, that's true. It's like, um, you know, I, I'm trying to like compare it to other companies, but like my company is very technical, so you don't get high up unless you have some brains for what 
you're doing a real specialty. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like, but maybe where big fish can rise to the top by being kind of a little bit, maybe psychopathic or kind of because psychopaths operate in our society, but we don't notice them because, you know, we, we think they're great people because they get all the way up to the top and we think that's just success. That's what success looks like. But I think a lot of time there's like a little bit of psych psychopathy, I think is the. Well, a lot of egomania, I assume. I mean, the, the same sort of personality trait that's going to push you to strive for that top seat. Not that all ambitious people are, are egotistical or selfish or fucking psycho, but I think some of those personality traits that drive you all the way to the highest level are, are, uh, a little bit of an eccentric set of personality traits in yeah. a lot of cases, right? Yeah. So yeah. the same thing is like a, a person who feels like they should be president, you know, to look at, at that level of political authority or that stature and just say, yeah, that's for me. I should be there. Right. Uh, you've got to just already be a pretty egotistical, delusional, fucking uh, personality disorder type of person, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, who would want that job? So you're a self-selecting, yeah, egomaniac, and and maybe some just to varying degrees. Yeah. Um, but same thing for the, the the high levels of corporate or Hollywood or any any position of control. That's right. The people who want to be in control are probably not the people who should be in control. Often, quite often, I think, yeah. And they right. Some you know, you get some that they just claw their way to the top. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think certain people just don't have that. And those certain people are so much less likely to uh, rise through the ranks, you know? Yep. Yeah, what or, is that called? It's kind of... Take a, the reins. And assertiveness. And, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson talks about this a good amount. And he's mm. a clinical psychologist mm. that was a pro university professor in Canada for quite some time. And he's a, he seems yeah, to be... he's interesting. I've listened to a few of his audiobooks. Yeah, he, he certainly says what's, what he really believes and he doesn't deviate from the data that he looks at. And it's kind of refreshing sometimes to hear what he's got to say. Mm -hmm. Um, and what was it? Oh, yeah, he'll say certain things that are pretty controversial and get people all freaking riled up. Yeah. And then he'll also have the, the documents to back it and the, the evidence of, uh, of things that would back that. So. Mm -hmm. um, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting to listen to him, but it's the assertiveness. And he used another word instead of assertiveness, but he used that as the indicator of how much success you're going to have in life. And really what it came down to was how willing are you to have uncomfortable conversations? And huh. that, that one, uh, ability is going to end up helping you determine your success. And if you think about it, it makes sense because, um, Tim Ferriss, who we both like, he kind of teaches people to do that in one of those uh, classes that he used to hold that he talks about in the book where he would say, he would, he would go to the class and say, you get to win a trip to Hawaii. Whoever contacts the most uh, famous person tonight on phone or through email and gets a reply, you, I'll give you a ticket to Hawaii or Florida right. or whatever. And, yeah. um, because he he's trying to train them to have those to break those little barriers that we have of uh, unwillingness yeah. to do whatever. He also does something in that book where he he calls it a, a comfort challenge, and then he'll challenge you to do something 
uh, obviously uncomfortable. And the, the, the one I remember, there's a bunch of different ones, but one of them is go into a crowded area, like say a grocery store or a bank or a busy, a busy sidewalk area and just lay down on the floor. Oh really? And <laughs> or just and or just you look up at a building with a cop up there and say he's gonna jump. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> something like that. Well, no, that's, that's cool. just more dickitude. Yeah. But just to do uh-huh. something like, hey, uh, I'm tired and I'm just gonna lay down right here and just totally just lay down uh, and take a rest right in the middle of a of a busy store or something like that. And uh, little things like that. Yeah, that seems silly and of course they're ridiculous, but. Yeah, that sort of thing is the type of thing that will totally break you out of your comfort zone and make you comfortable being uncomfortable. And those are those are important skill sets to cultivate for all sorts of decision making in personal and professional life. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Just being willing to get into that uncomfortableness. And what's interesting, too, though, is like, okay, say say your willingness to have uncomfortable conversations, say two people are just as willing as as the other to have an uncomfortable conversation. But one of them goes into that uncomfortable conversation with the mindset of, I'm just going to steamroll you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to fucking steamroll all over you with my opinions. I'm not going to let any of what you say in. And sure, I'm comfortable having an uncomfortable conversation because I'm just going to go at it guns blazing. And then the other one is going into this uncomfortable conversation with an open mind, willing to become more uncomfortable or admit fault or look inward or, or take a more introspective, uh, position in that uncomfortable conversation Uh and so those are two completely different ways of approaching an uncomfortable conversation even though your level of comfort going into it may be the same yeah and what um what would be a pattern that you could use to take that other person down i guess you could point out the fact that they're not being introspectful sure or kind of in a subtle way right just like if you if it was about winning the conversation but you know if it's not about winning the conversation you know yeah, because certain like more combatively uh, inclined people are going to be just like, oh, yeah, I'll say anything to anybody. Dude, watch this and just walk up to someone and say some dickhead remark or whatever. And some people are just more naturally uh, assholes. Um, so I'm sure they're a little more likely or comfortable going into an uncomfortable conversation. And what because... is when? Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't let you finish that. I didn't have much more of a thought. It was worth cutting off. Good. Um, not good. I'm just teasing <laughs> Um, ah. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I'm that asshole ah. you're talking about. Aren't you're I? that asshole. You're I'm the like, fucking steamroller. <laughs> thought, I'm trying. I'm I trying to I like, should subtly see something here. Now I'm like, oh, I'm trying I to get, tell you I something here. You. I yeah. get you. Now. Yeah, I'm just okay. like, you know, those assholes that yeah. just cut you off and, and fucking steamroll you. Don't you hate them, Derek? No, I, I love them. What I was going to say is, what is winning a conversation? You know, because you can think that you want oh, in your mind, and the other person is pissed off. So sometimes winning just means getting the other person on your side or even if you have to BS them at sometimes, you know, but, um, I don't know. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. How do you, how do you win or lose a conversation? You know, what does that mean? Yeah. I guess it means something different in every circumstance, but, uh, I get, maybe it's a, a, a symptom of that same combative personality or perspective, or it's just like, I'm going to go in here and, and beat this person in the game of conversation. Uh, then that's certainly a shitty way to approach a conversation. Yeah. Cause I think by definition, a conversation is a two way thing, you know, where both people are contributing. And if one person just has their mouth open and their ears closed, uh, it's not much of a conversation and that's not much of an enjoyable one at, at least. That's the interesting. Have you seen any of Jordan Peterson's interviews that he's done? 
I don't know if I've ever seen him do one. I've listened to a couple of his audiobooks. I've listened to him on interviews. Tim Ferriss actually just did a podcast episode where he interviewed Jordan Peterson, uh, and it was interesting. They talked about his books and then just other shit. He, uh, he gets deep into con- into yeah. subjects. I mean, and yeah. I haven't watched this one, but it's the the one guy that doesn't believe in God, and he's like very pro atheist. Uh, Sam Harris. Oh yeah, his books are interesting too. Supposedly, a lot of people really loved the uh, conversation that they had, and I guess they had a couple conversations, and they got really really deep on some of them. Um, and I th- mm. think there was some yeah, because Jordan Peterson there. is religious, right? Yeah, Jordan Peterson does believe in God, and Sam Harris doesn't believe in God. But Jordan Peterson is also a man enough to be able to just to talk to him. And I, I have any, you know, I don't have any plausibility in what they said, so I don't even know what transpired. But um, maybe I'll listen to it after this. Uh, those are all interesting, and I, I love those sorts of conversations. And and uh, that's one thing I like about Jordan Peterson is he has his own opinions, and, and that's awesome. And his own set of beliefs, and and that's just what people do. Uh, but he is—he seems to be very open to all perspectives. Like I, like you already said, he he seems to come at things with a very um, well supported position. He doesn't just seem to throw things out there. He, he's definitely you know done some of his homework and has a reason for thinking or believing the way he thinks or believes. Uh-huh. Um, and Sam Harris, his books are interesting, too, if you read any of his stuff. He's, he seems like a, a young guy, so he seems a little bit impetuous, a little bit uh, sharp-tongued, which I think most of us when we were younger were a little more that way than we may have wanted or yeah, end absolutely. up as we get older. Sure. You know what I mean? I think we all round off along the edges as we get older. Mm-hmm. But Sam Harris's books are are mainly, dude, and I think he writes on a few topics, but most of his books I've read are um, – about free will and the idea or the theory that we actually don't have free will, which is a really interesting idea to me. And it's a lot to wrap your head around and I won't even pretend to understand it well enough to explain it, but it's a fucking cool rabbit hole to start dipping your toe in, uh, when him and, and, and guys in his sphere start approaching the subject of, do we have free will? And I don't know if you ever dived into that or been interested in that, yeah, but it I've is something it. that is fucking gripping, dude. I yeah, think it's cool. Yeah, have you seen the experiments where? Um, let's see, how does it go exactly? They measure. They have things hooked up to your brain so they could see your subconscious thoughts, and then they mm-hmm. they tell you, um, okay, when you see something happen on this screen, raise your right or left hand, and the person registers when they decided to raise the right or the left they like hit a button or something some way they they tell them okay i'm gonna raise i guess they just raise their right hand actually but little did they know that in their subconscious the thought had already started to tell them to that they were going to raise their right hand before they knew they were going to raise their right hand and so they would argue that, well, I could have just as easily raised my left, so of course I have free will. I chose to raise my right hand. I could have just as easily chosen to raise my left hand. So that's obviously a proof of free will. But like you're saying, these measurement tools that can say, you already decided to raise your right hand before you knew you did, so that was a predetermined decision, thus you do not have free will. You were predetermined to do that. 
And, yeah. uh, no, people don't want to hear that shit, man. <laughs> it's, it's funny to hear people argue from a, from an inflexible or, or, uh, uh, just, just a solid dug in stance of, you can't tell me I don't have free will. I could punch you in the face right now and I'm not. So that's my free will telling me not to punch you in the face. And, uh, it's a, it's a fun topic. It, it's it really interesting. Is. Yeah, it, right. It is. It's that's cool. You're into that. I've never heard anyone who's even uh, aware of the the subject to get into a conversation about it. Yeah, no, it it, it is very interesting because you know you got to it, it it leads to life, right? It's it's those questions you don't want to. Ask. A lot of people don't want to ask because they want a simple answer, and mm-hmm. the answer is not so simple quite often, and we. As people, we just want to shut down, uh, sit on our couch and turn on the TV and watch TV. And that's really all there is to life. But I kind of like what Mark Twain says is that the truth is stranger than fiction. And Mm -hmm. that's really not an exaggeration at all. The older I get, the more I see that the possibilities of things and, you know, the limitation of the human and the human mind and our ability mm-hmm. to actually see what's going on around us. And I say around us because it's happening right now. It's not mm-hmm. all, it's not happening at any other time. I mean, we literally could be surrounded by aliens right now and people would think sure. that that's completely a ridiculous idea, but just because well, we could all like a it. Joe Rogan's simulation theory and all that. Well, I don't know if it's his theory, but he's the one who made it known to me is, is the whole simulation theory where you're just like, what? That's ridiculous. And then you listen to a, a well-placed argument about it going, fuck, we might be a simulation. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's an interesting one too. That is also kind of supported by, I think it's, um, Robert Lanza. That's a great mm-hmm. book as well. There's a book called Biocentrism, which explains quantum physics from a perspective of experiential. Like experientially, you can uh, understand how quantum physics and its seemingly unorthodox laws that it follows uh, counterintuitive to way, the way we experience life and rules and the rules of the universe he has ways to explain how that actually works. And it's, I, it's right on for me. Like I, Hmm. I think it's, it's accurate as far as I can tell. Crazy. Yeah. I think there's a lot of complicated shit going on, uh, within and without us. And we understand or perceive so little of it that we should all just realize that we don't know anything and just marvel at everything. Uh, and that, and that seems like enough for me. I'm okay not knowing. I'm okay not understanding. I enjoy trying to know and trying to understand. But uh, I've given up thinking I, I understand everything or everything is even able to be understood by us or me, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a, a peaceful place to land. Maybe that'd be uncomfortable for some people. It's just kind of like, well, I have to know. I have to know and or I have to at least feel or act like I know. And And I don't. I'm cool not knowing. Same with like, Religion or afterlife and all that. I, I don't think there's an afterlife. I think it seems ridiculous to me, but I would never, uh, like I used to, take a firm stance of, of course there isn't, some definite uh, I'm positive position on that. Uh, I think the yeah. answer is none of us really know, and anyone who pretends they do is full of shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I well, I agree with that. Um, ex- I mean, I agree with anybody's uh whatever you believe, you know, I mean, that's, you can't 
dispute really what somebody else's experience is. You, you I, can't. I, I, you th- can't. I think that um, there's the law of the ener- energy doesn't die. So um, there may be zero sem- semblance of a personality, but I personally, I don't uh. know why I think that that the personality somewhat kind of uh, transfers, but I, I think there's some sort of a uh, semblance of a personality that, that may, I do think there's some sort of a soul or some sort of a, uh, something that survives, whether it gets distributed or I, I don't know. Well, energy, know. that's an interesting one because energy never really goes away. It just disperses, right? Yeah. Yeah, can't, uh, be, no de- can't be created but, or destroyed, I think is what they said. So Okay, so energy just is. You could harness it, uh, contain it, release it, use it, all sorts of things, but you can't create or eliminate it? Yet, yet it can morph and do so many different... Okay. Uh, so that would be an interesting argument or path of thinking for things like reincarnation or something. It's like, okay, so I don't truly believe that Mike as a person with my uh, thoughts and experiences is going to become a lizard after I die. But maybe the energy of my life force uh, ends up manifesting into some other form after I go. And maybe that, maybe that's something that happens. Like I would ever have an idea. It's certainly not Mike and that lizard going, Hey, wow, now I'm a lizard. Uh, But maybe, maybe there's something to that. Maybe something like that, because I mean, you think about just the circle of life to quote the great Lion King, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I mean, the whole thing of the, all the energy, you know, from the grass, the animals eat the grass, we eat the animals, we die, we become the grass, cycle, cycle, cycle. Um, so, yeah, you yeah, know, I, that's all. I think um, uh, the, we got to edit that out because I actually forgot what I was going to say. Um, nah, no, fuck no, we're keeping oh, that. Man, that ain't right, dude. Brain that fart, right. nah, I dude. Was like, I, I was, I was like, you know what? I forgot, like, right in the beginning too, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna ride this one. I'm like, something's gonna come up, and nothing came. Um, That's always so great when you have a thought. <laughs> like, it happened to me with the True Lies movie. It's like I thought of that line from the movie, and I'm like, I want to bring this up, but I don't remember the name of the movie. Yeah, and, and uh, it sucks. Like, hey, you know that one movie with that one guy? Someone said something that was perfect for this conversation, but I can't remember the movie or the guy's name. And I did see great great story. I did see Jamie Lee Curtis. I saw her in Hollywood on Beverly Boulevard going Uh into a a breakfast place or leaving a Mm. breakfast. No, she, I saw her twice. One time she was in the breakfast place and one time she was leaving the breakfast place. And I, were you just like hanging out outside waiting for her to finish breakfast or something? (laughs) No, no. I just, uh, (laughs) Megan and I, would go over there sometimes. And when we were over there, we were like, Hey, let's go to breakfast. So we went over to breakfast and we saw her a couple times, but it's pretty neat to see somebody in person like that because I don't know if it's just because the familiarity with the face or whatever, but you think they look so beautiful. They're like, like, Oh, they're so beautiful. You know, they're way more, uh, uh, beautiful in person. Um, even though, I mean, I know she's, uh, She's not a 25-year-old girl, but she still, you know, has carries a good presence with her. Sure, sure. Yeah, that, that, that is kind of a trip, that that human uh, surprise to see a person you've seen on TV before. It's a pretty simple thing, right? And they're humans, so of course they exist. And the, the sheer circumstance of having to exist in the same vicinity as them and see them 
really shouldn't be that amazing. But but it is, right? You see someone who you totally yeah. admire or you've seen a movie, it's like, hey, that's that guy. That's that's uh that's Bill from the Alien movie, you know? Like, oh fuck, dude. And you want to talk that, to him and they're probably like, yeah, oh god, no. Bill, I love that alien movie you were in. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I was in a movie once. Yeah, and he's Thanks. like, I don't feel that close to you. Can you back up a little bit? I don't yeah. know you. You might. I've never seen very, you on TV. Yeah, you <laughs> might be very comfortable with me, but you know, I don't know you from anybody. Move it. That, yeah, yeah. That that total, just like, oh, hey, yeah, oh, thanks, thanks, yeah. That uh, that re- repulsed uh, body language, you know. Where, <laughs> oh man, it's really a funny thing too. And and do normally like. Uh, I've run into famous people or I used to working at a radio station. So like famous people came in all the time. And for the most part, I never really got all starstruck. But every once in a while, there's a certain person who just, I don't know. Yep. Uh, who you just revere above others. And and for me, it's regardless of their like overall star status. It's just someone who's extra likable to me for one piece of work or who they are or for whatever reason. And it's just like, oh, this guy is going to make me stutter and fawn all over myself. The other people I saw last week, I, I don't give a shit about and I'm totally normal. But uh, I'm going to fucking look like an idiot in front of this guy. Totally. And for me, that was Anthony Kiedis. I never saw him, but... Oh, Megan worked at a place cool. where he would come in every once in a while. She saw him twice when we lived in Venice over there. And one time mm-hmm. he went into, what was that place? Euphoria Loves Revolution. He's a, he's a vegan. And right. that was like a vegan place. And then the second time he was at Rainbow Acres. That's what it was. And that was kind of like a new agey uh, supermarket that had a whole bunch of stuff. And what happened, she explained it to me because she goes and eats there. He drove up with his friends and a, what are those even called now? The big um, wagon, the wagon cars that they would have. Um, they It has wagon in the name. It's not Volkswagen, but uh, it's a big Mercedes. And he pulled up in a okay. station wagon. That's what it's called. He pulled up in a Mercedes station wagon. They dropped him off and they came back and picked him up. And I'm thinking like, man, Anthony Kiedis, he needs to be dropped off and picked up later. I mean, I would think that he can just like have a limo driver just sitting out there waiting. But I think mm-hmm. what it is, is he's one of those guys that just like hangs on with his friend, hangs out with his friends and just really loves to uh, party with them. And so they just like, hey, man, let's drop me off over there and come back huh. when you're done working out. Nice. But, or maybe it's yeah. some guy who eats meat, and he's just like, fuck you, Anthony, I'll drop you off at that shitty vegan place. I'm going to go get a steak. Yeah. I'll pick you up later. Yeah, that was probably go, go Go enjoy your salad and tofu. Yeah. Did you ever do any vegan shit? Have you ever tried a weird diet like that? Yeah, I have. I, you know, vegan to have me you? meant more like not meat. And, um, and so, so it's more like vegetarian. Then. Yeah, so I like, eat pizzas and shit. You know, it just... Oh, so you eat cheese and milk and animal products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're a horrible person. I did that way. for a little. Thank you. <laughs> but I, you know, it was good to do it because I saw how addicted I was to meat for quite some time. Like you, right. I thought that every single meal I had to eat meat. Like I got to eat yeah. meat all, and you don't. Don't it's you? Not, oh. Yeah, exactly. oh, all right. Yeah. Who but, knew? Yeah, you can. You can though. All right. You can though. Uh. Yeah, I um. I can't imagine. 
not eating meat. I mean, sure, not every meal, even though I probably do eat meat at every meal. I can't imagine, like, not eating meat. Uh, I love it. And maybe that makes me horrible. But I'm willing to pay more for the meat that was, you know, treated better while it was alive or at least maybe killed in a more humane way, which is that really any better. It's like, oh, they were killed nicely. Um, so, uh, uh well, that's why I, I guess that makes me feel better, like buying the expensive eggs from chickens who have a little more elbow room. But I don't know. Is I, it really any better? I do that, too. I, I mean, yeah, I try to do that. I, I always get those the range free eggs and then the pasture raised meat as much as I can, because, you know, it's true. You got to let these things because this horrible condition is how these mass factories operate. And Oh, yeah. And those conditions were always so horrible and have progressively come better and better and better. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still killing animals and eating them. You know, I I mean, they should be treated better while they're alive. They should be killed in as humane of a way as possible. And we should continue to improve and all that. And I'll keep paying more and more as we require more and more square footage or, you know, whatever. But I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I still like meat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, And that's why I, you know, you you can't like meat and then just say, Oh, these people that hunt and eat their own food that they hunt are bad. You know, I've kind of come come to that decision. Like that is actually the most humane way that you can eat meat. If you, if you hunt it and you actually eat it, uh, arguably, you know, you're kind of one with that whole process. Well, yeah. And that animal lived a much better life than some, you know, Uh uh, cage raised animal who was fed, fucking a special diet to make them tasty and then killed in a mass production fashion at least this animal got to like you know live in the wild until you shot him and then you eat him and that's as natural as it can be uh and then the best for you too because the animals eat living off like a normal natural diet grass and food and whatever they eat in the wild um yeah so so it's better for everybody yeah Uh, and you can't like be like oh i'm a meat eater but oh those hunters are like horrible people i mean granted if somebody's hunting and they're not eating what they Get, yeah, yeah, I I can kind of see. I have a problem with that if it's yeah. just for sport. But sure. if you eat what you hunt, you're better than I am in a way because I don't even see the process. I don't even respect sure. the process. I mean, I and I do have high regards for any living thing, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I do eat meat though. I gotta say, yeah, you know. mm-hmm. meat's good. What are you gonna do? Yeah, meat is good. You know, uh, I'd like it if it wasn't. I would feel good about myself if I was above that. But I'm not, and uh, Ditto. I'm okay with that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> we, we went all the well, way around just to finalize on. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, we touched on a lot of topics. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that we uh, accomplished anything, but we definitely scratched the surface of a lot of a lot of different subjects. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was great. Well, it was great talking to you, dude. We should run. Um, we will uh, pick this up next week, and uh, this was a lot of fun. It's always fun talking to you. Same here, man. Thank you for putting this stuff together, and I'll talk to you next week. Cool, Dietro. Have a good one. Have a good holiday weekend, brother. You too, bro. All right. Have a great one. Say hi to everybody for me. Yeah, we will do, man. You do the same. Later. (laughs) Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. And for more episodes and info, check out DerekandMike.com. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.